Hey, song surfers, welcome to Song Surfing. It's your friend, John. Song Surfing is a playlist of independent music pulled from the far reaches of the internet. I've been checking out music on Bandcamp, Spotify, Slap, SoundCloud, AudioMac, YouTube, Facebook, Audius, Instagram, and a few more, and I'm excited to share some excellent tunes with you this episode. Song Surfing is a part of the Live from the Lincoln Lodge podcast network. If you go over to thelincolnlodge.com, you can see all the hilarious things going on at the comedy club that's home to the nation's longest-running independent comedy showcase. Hoo-hoo-hoo, baby, we've got some good ones for you on this episode. I'm recording this pre-vacation, so it's going to be a bit of a shorty. Don't like the way that sounded. Uh, So a short episode, but concentrated with some very fine music. We'll hear from a beat scientist. What, What is that? We'll hear two new singles from albums that I'm quite looking forward to. And correspondent Clock Returns. We'll hear excellent tunes from L.A., Chicago, Denver, and Leeds. How about we get to the music? First up, we'll be hearing LA-based musician Marina Allen, who released the first single, Super Reality, from the upcoming album, Centrifics. Here's a bit from the press release. Set for release on September 16th, Marina's new record is full of surprising melodies and hooks, is contemplative and constantly startling. Not your typical singer-songwriter, Marina draws from influences as wide as Loft Jazz, Karen Carpenter, Meredith Monk, and the New York avant-garde, and modern masters like Joanna Newsom, Nico Case, and Fiona Apple. And about the track Super Reality, Marina said, I wrote Super Reality in my living room on a broken keyboard. It's a transparent, stream-of-conscious dialogue about the innocence it takes to start over after upheaval. The song is written in the rare and delicate moment in transformation between leaving one reality and entering another. All right, I mean, that that quote kind of sums up what we're going to hear pretty well, but I'll add that I, I love the progression of the song. Not the, not the chord progression. That's cool, too, and does some interesting things, but just the way the song unfolds, like a, a flower blooming. By the end, you have these multiple layers that that were mixed in a way where they sound like they somehow exist and don't exist in the same space together. It's a real interesting uh, way that it was arranged and produced. It gives a song a heightened, transcendent feeling that uh, Marina's voice just kind of levitates over. And I think that really ties in nicely to what what, uh, they were trying to portray. All right, so this is the first tune for the first block of music, Marina Allen's Super Reality. Hope you like it. Talk to you soon. See that hillside on that hillside for today that gives me some time. I'm new here, funny feeling, bumping into its the beginning. All my voices quiet listening, there's so much more than what
And we're back. First up in that block, we heard Marina Allen with the song Super Reality off of the upcoming Centrifics. And I should say that that album, as well as the next rele- uh, song that we heard in the block, those releases are both available on Bandcamp for pre-order now. They're both, uh, the full albums are out in September. I pre-ordered and I hope you do too. All right, second in the block, we heard from Micaiah McRaven, who is a beat scientist. The cutting-edge drummer, producer, and sonic collagist, that's a cool word, is a multi-talented force whose inventive, creative process, and intuitive style of performance defy categorization. Born in Paris, France in 1983 to jazz drummer Stephen or Stefan McRaven and Hungarian singer Agnes, uh, last name starts with a Z, I don't want to butcher it, McRaven was exposed to a broad range of music from a young age. At age three, his family moved to the Pioneer Valley of Western Massachusetts, a time and place that afforded him the mentorship of his parents' community of friends and collaborators, which included jazz luminaries Marion Brown, Archie Shep, and Yusuf Latif. Uh, kind of a broad range stylistically there of, of influences too. And the bio goes on, his earliest gig memories include playing alongside students in his father's drum ensemble and in middle school forming a band with friends to back up his mother's Jewish folk songs. And uh, now uh, Micaiah is an in-demand drummer, and that's uh, no understatement. He's played with uh, among many, many others, notable musicians Bobby Broom, Corey Wilkes, Willie Pickens, and Jeff Parker. I've heard Micaiah play a number of times with different groups, uh, once as band leader, once as uh, DJ. Well, I guess you'd call it that, where he was uh, taking beats that he made and um, transforming them live. A really interesting thing. And I've heard him as sideman in a couple groups too. And just really uh, versatile drummer. And you get a sense of that from from that bio, right? Like all those different playing experiences with uh, not just different types of jazz, but completely different genres of music too. I mean, it's kind of all there in his playing. Uh, now about this track, uh, I'm really intrigued by everything that I'm hearing in there. I, I think what we're getting, and um, I, I wish that in maybe in the lyrics section, this could be something. Micaiah, if you're hearing this, uh, in, in the in Bandcamp in the lyrics area, maybe you can put uh, notes on on the track. That would be I, I would really enjoy that. You know, knowing exactly what was played. Um, it lists you know who played the musicians that played on the album, but to know specifically, you know, who was doing this. Was it Micaiah playing percussion? Was it somebody else? But anyway, what I think what we're hearing is multiple layers of Micaiah's drumming and mallet work. I'm, I think I'm hearing a vibraphone in there too. I'm not sure if he's uh, playing the percussion parts in the track too. There is a percussionist credited on the album as well. Um, but I like how the percussive parts set up this larger groove. All the drums work together and uh, to create this uh, larger polyrhythmic thing. But if you listen to Junius Paul's bass notes and then compare that to the the kick drum and then the layers above that you can really hear the different things going on there's uh i think like a three against four feel um but with all that said even though there is this intricacy there the track has uh, a smoothness to it right not not in a smooth jazz kind of uh gross elevator music kind of way but like you know you could sit back and relax and listen to this um, so I, I love that it really operates on multiple levels. 
It's the kind of music I just, I want to bottle it, drink it on a hot summer night, or, or let it age in a cellar, perhaps, and pop it open to celebrate an important anniversary. <laughs> what is this nonsense that I'm saying? A bit of pre-vacation madness. All right, I better bring in clock. No. Okay. Nope. Open air, baby. All right. Joining us yet again, song surfing correspondent Clock. Hello, Clock. Hey, John. How you doing? Oh, it's so cool to... Well, it's not like I don't see you all the time. We live a mile from each other. But it's cool to see you in person for this record. This is the first one that we've done this way. Yeah, I'm excited about being in the song surfing sandcastle of fun that you have here at uh, the studio. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a sandcastle. What's up first? So the first one is a band called Fimo out of uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, love this song. This song has just like been in my rotation for a long time. Uh, it's a it, it has kind of a slightly out of tune guitar feel, like uh, almost like a Velvet Underground kind of thing, but it gives it a real kind of off center psychedelic feel which i love it's really simplistic but it's a really pretty melody and i'm just a sucker for double vox the harmonies are great and the ending is cool because it's got that feedback and it just builds that tension tension and emphasizes the conflict with the with the songwriter here's what margo from the group sent over about the song apple Bows. When I started writing Apple Bows, I didn't have a particular direction in mind. I wrote the first verse and tried to keep everything else on theme after that, sliding into a headspace that revolved around being a kid in Vermont and a love they had never experienced. Adrian's lyrical contributions brought the song around to breakups and finding fulfillment in relationships, something that both of them were experiencing in their lives at the time, and the song really started to gel into a cohesive piece that told story to the listener. Apple Bows isn't a story about my life personally, but it could be about anyone. And I hope the listener can see themselves in the words the way I have come to over the course of writing and producing it. And I've always found that interesting, Clock, how you can write a song and sort of the meaning of it transforms to the songwriter as the song's written or after the song is written. And it seems like, you know, they're kind of sharing in the journey with the listener too, as it kind of builds towards, towards the end. Giving it that personal touch. That's right. All right, let's listen to it. This is Fimo with the track Apple Bows. Where I've begun to run 
We just listened to Fimo's track, Apple Bows. Clock, what do you have next? Next one is kind of a shameless plug, but I love these guys. And it's a group out of Leeds, England called The Stylist Method. Um, my buddy Jamie Farnell is in this band, and he engineered my album. Um, minus that you know, shameless plug, I, I really enjoy their music, and I love this tune. Uh, very... Very good lyrics. Um, the acoustic guitar work in this is fantastic. The bass work in this is fantastic. Every, every they're just tight. They're a really good band, and you know the the engineering and the production value is phenomenal. So I was <laughs> happy to showcase this one. Awesome. Here's what the band sent over. The song "Mad" is inspired by the story of David Litvinoff after the discovery of an excellent biography written by Kieran Pym. Unlike our first album, we were all able to get together in the same room to record this track, which has given it a raw, live feeling that complements the subject matter nicely, or something along those lines. Yeah, and I think you do get that with this, that 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 band vibe. It's fun. Yeah, it's got like an old school feel to it, like they were just sitting in a room, you know, you can totally feel that like 60s EMI vibe where, it, you know, they're just nailing down songs in a studio but it still has that crisp modern tone that sounds great yeah some of my favorite albums have that and it's nice to hear you know in this day and age when you can easily share files and record everything at home and get super professional results it's nice to hear groups still go for that classic sound absolutely yeah it's a it's almost a lost art form at this point but i really appreciate them putting out stuff like this it sounds great well stylus method and song surfing podcast keeping it alive (laughs) thanks clock see ya thanks john I've seen you before You were looking for another 
That music means it's time for me to say thanks for listening to Song Surfing. Thanks to all the artists and bands who were part of this episode. Remember, you can find the links to their music. You can go pre-order those albums or buy their albums and the episodes and show notes page of songsurfingpodcast.com. Thanks to Clock for being a fine correspondent. 
You can follow Song Surfing on Facebook and Instagram by searching Song Surfing Podcast, all one word, and over on Twitter, Song Surfing Pod. You can follow me on Instagram and check out my music by looking up Oodles Music, O-O-D-L-E-S Music. You can email the show, songsurfingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to help me improve the show, then please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. I've got that linked for your convenience in the show notes. Song Surfing is an Audible affiliate. Audible is the leading provider of podcasts and audiobooks. You can try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash songsurfing. And I recommend checking out Jeff Tweedy's book, How to Write One Song. If you're looking to start a podcast or change to a new distributor for your current podcast, I recommend Captivate. That's a distributor that I use for song surfing, and it's uh, easy to use. They're always adding cool new features, and um, you can try it for free by following the link that's in the show notes. The opening theme of the show is Living in a Fishbowl by Josh Ween, and the outro music is Little Pills by Patrick Moonbird. Did you catch the interview that I did with Patrick Moonbird, previous episode in the stream? If not, you need to go listen to that. That was really pushy sounding. Please, kindly go listen to the Patrick Moonbird interview. If you've heard the show lately, you know that I end with an enthusiastic see you next time and play around with audio effects. Now it's your turn to join in on the fun. And with a see you next time message, we hear Mark from the band CBC, and we'll be hearing from CBC in an upcoming episode, so watch out for that. I'm John Kell, and see you next time.